Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the magic for our childhood. This is episode 47. I am your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Quack, quack, everybody. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And this week, we've got a great movie picked out for you. It was actually Jonathan's turn, so Jonathan, if you want to announce, you can go for it. This week, we're continuing our Robin Williams Appreciation Month, and I thought no better way to do it than watching the 1995 movie Jumanji. Jumanji, the movie that gave me nightmares as a kid. Oh man, this is a scary movie, dude. A lot of people, either you either have people that say that this movie scared them, or people that get offended when you say that this movie scared them. <laughs> yeah, that like the big horror movie fans, they're just like, that's not scary. I watched It when I was five. <laughs> hey, don't don't be joking around It. I don't care what anybody says. That is the scariest, scariest movie I've ever seen. Well, I refuse to watch it. Well, I mean, if you like it, it's good. I guess it's good cinematically. And people say it's funny, but I'm, I pee my pants every time I see it. Regardless, before we get into it, I have a random thought I wanted to get off my chest. Okay. Um, you know, so I listen to a podcast called Dear Hank and John, and usually they ask how many like they they ask for their listeners to give them scientific questions or maybe like linguistic questions. And I thought of one, and I was like, well, I can just say it on my own podcast instead of asking them. Um. So you might not know the answer to this because this probably requires a linguistics expert or a scientific expert, or it might be just super obvious that I don't know. But what is the word for cold heat? Like, if the word for hot is heat, then what is the correct word for cold heat? Hot (laughs) ice. Okay, way to answer my actual question with a movie quote. (laughs) What was the guy's name? The Daniel Stern character in Rookie of the Year? What was his name? Ah, I keep thinking dude, Stedman, but that's Chet Stedman. That's the Gary B. Oh, no, yeah. So I usually take my notes on my phone, on my notes app while I watch the movie. But randomly, I have my one notebook that I took my Rookie of the Year notes in just one episode of. <laughs> so maybe, okay. Mr. Brickma. It was Mr. Brickma. <laughs> Brickma. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's crazy how I had that like two pages away. Wow. So problem solved. I got the answer right there. Hot ice? No. <laughs> so I feel like we should come up with a name for it at least. Like it can't like rhyme with heat, but it should sound like heat. Got any suggestions? Hot, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. If if the listeners have any suggestions on what we should name this, let us know because I have no idea. Hold. Hold. <laughs> Eat. Heat. Seat. Keat. Keat sounds cool. There's a joke in the Family Guy Star Wars episode where they're they're talking about like why do they call it why do they call it Hoth anyway? It's so cold. They should just call it cold. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess okay, I guess because I would think it'd be frozen, but it's not freeze or frozen because that's like what it is. Because like frozen is the equivalent to like melt or melted. It, it's not the equivalent to heat. This has really been stumping me the past week, and I probably longer. And if I don't get an answer, if, if Hank and John don't put me on their podcast, would put my question on their podcast, and I haven't, I don't know if I'll ever get this answered because I feel like they're the only ones that can answer that question for me. Anyways, do you have any random thoughts? The only thing I can think of is I've been like, see, I'm an old man at this point, and so I've been on Facebook for quite a while. And at this point, I I see my my daily like Facebook memories. I look at those, and sometimes I look at them, and I'm just like, "What was I even getting at there? What was the joke?" So I had one the other day that I thought I could share. Okay, this was a joke that I had. I thought was really funny. It was just supposed to be like random humor, but I just wrote this was all the status was probably over ten years ago on Facebook. It said you wrote this, yeah, L O Q. You know, it's supposed to be abbreviation. And the joke was that it stood for laugh out quizzes. <laughs> what? 
It was just supposed to, I, I can't even remember. I can vaguely like think of like it being a riff on like some other joke I had with a friend, but, what? <laughs> but it was just like, it was supposed to be random. Like, Oh, you, okay. So here's actually what it reminds me of. You remember how okay. like our old teacher at FCA, Mr. Sammons, he used to yeah. say like the answer to everything was Q. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. The answer was, is Q like a multiple choice. It was almost his riff on like, what's the ultimate answer to the ultimate question? He would just say, oh, Q. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, we'd like ask for help on tests and he'd be like, or nobody would ask for answers, but <laughs> we were just quietly doing our tests. And he said, number 14, the answer is Q. So, and he'd make everybody flip over to it and be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it was like, it was a riff on that same anti-humor. But it was like, L-O-Q, laugh out quizzes. <laughs> That's still not funny. <laughs> no, and you know what was even better about it? Oh. I liked it, and I was the only like. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, our former Facebook profiles. So, I don't know. If I get oh, some more wow. good Facebook memories, I might share them on the podcast. Because there are some that I literally have no idea what I, what the joke was or what I was getting at. <laughs> There's no excuse for being cringe. Everyone's been, everyone has done it. I feel like we get a pass. Now you got me having a look. What? Oh man. But Jeremy, you said this movie scared you as a kid. Yeah. So this movie genuinely scared me and it scared me of playing board games too. Like (laughs) I thought it was real. Yeah. Like every kid would. And I don't know. Like, what was the what was the scariest thing, like stage? Like, uh, I guess the scariest role. Would you say? Yeah. What was the scariest thing that came out of the out of the um, out of the game? Um. Well, I would say for me, the things that scared me the most had to do with Peter turning into a monkey. <laughs> that was like scary. Because <laughs> you didn't want to turn into a monkey, obviously, and also. Um, how do you get rid of that (laughs) how do you you can kill a lion you can kill monkeys you can't kill yourself if you're a monkey yeah i like when they're after they're like walking back to the house and he's like crying and after like uh robin williams had like kind of like been stern with him and he's like crying a little bit and he's like oh it's okay don't cry and he's like it's not that (laughs) and then it's because he's got the tail growing out he like rips his pants so that like can get free but the other scene that I remember being pretty scary was like the stampede where yeah. like Peter runs to hide in the car and like he's he it get, the car gets like trampled by the elephant. I remember that being like really yeah. scary, like a really tense moment for me as a kid. You could feel how heavy it, the elephant was just yeah. by the sound of the crunch. <laughs> That's pretty intense. So I guess I guess when Peter tried to cheat, I guess that was kind of the scariest role. Okay. when he turned into that and then i guess i guess the stampede was pretty scary but what what would you pick the one that was the coolest for me visually and the most freakiest for me was probably the quicksand in the floor oh yeah i was always scared of quicksand like everybody's like warned about quicksand when they're little mm-hmm. we ne- we've never seen i don't even know if quicksand actually exists or not well there was a so we used to have our family reunions at uh what was the park? Manatee Springs? What was that yeah, place? Yeah. Is that what it was called? Uh, Manatee State Park. So uh, I remember like hearing like, oh, there's some areas around there that have quicksand. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know if it was just because it was it was like swampy area and stuff like that. I mean, but yeah. I know they had caves and things like that. People would go diving in there. And then there's also the whole thing with like spring water where they have the What's it called? What's that thing that you can get sucked into at the springs? Do you know what I'm talking the about? The aquifer? Uh, oh, the, the boil. The boil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I just, I remember like going to the, <laughs> to the springs and being like scared of like, am I going to run into quicksand out in the woods here? Or am <laughs> I going to get sucked into the boil or all this stuff? So I've never actually seen quicksand in real life though. <laughs> well, I mean, it's heavily portrayed in the Jungle Book which is probably the first time I've ever heard of it or seen it. And they just like the rules of quicksand are just like so different than probably what it really is. 
Well, they make it seem like it's like liquid. Sometimes, but yeah. All you gotta do is get a really long straw, and you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, by the way, like if if you've never swam in a spring, that's the best outdoor swimming experience you could ever imagine, especially in Florida, because in Florida it's hot, but the spring is like sixty degrees, hmm. and it's so fresh you could drink the water as long as you don't pee in it. I don't know. But it is crystal clear. And as long as other people don't pee in it as well. Which they have. (laughs) Dude. Anyways. So yeah, the quicksand scene was probably most definitely the freakiest scene for me. Um, The lion isn't as scary. I remember it being super scary as a kid. Yeah. But once I saw it, it just looked like a Muppet almost. Yeah. Not a Muppet, but it it looked really animated. So the worst CGI in this movie are those monkeys. They look terrible. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> Once again, this is 1995. Yeah. So we could take that into account. But I could definitely, I mean, I, I can speak from firsthand experience. This this movie was pretty, pretty, it's pretty tense for like younger kids, I think. It's kind of more of a, like a, I don't know, 8 to 12 range is probably better Yeah. than uh, than the young kids, but. And it's not necessarily trying to be scary, but it's just, it's tense. And I was always scared I was going to get stuck in the board game. Especially when you hear the drums. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has some good, has some good uh, sound design. So like get, get your heart heartbeat quickening whenever the game's <laughs> around. I don't hear nothing. <laughs> you do hear it. <laughs> oh man, Peter, I love Peter. I just love how he just called out his sister <laughs> in the middle of the night when they're trying to go to sleep. He says, do you miss dad? She's like, not really. Or something like that. He said, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> and then she shuts him up by saying, well, you don't talk. So, yeah, I liked I really liked the relationship of of Judy and Peter It was pretty good. And definitely they. They kind of exhibit that, you know, that like closeness they have when they're just on their own. Yeah. Because like Peter, like he won't talk, you know, when he's around other people. But then like when he's when it's just the two of them, then he'll he'll talk. And like you said, he'll like call her out and stuff like that. I honestly I couldn't even remember when it started, when the movie started and he wasn't talking. I was like, oh, is that a thing? Like he doesn't talk for most of the movie. Yeah, I could not remember that at all either. And then when he did start talking, I was like, oh, OK, OK. Now I kind of starting to remember <laughs> Um, I remember what you sound like. <laughs> All I could remember was his like monkey w- whimpering <laughs> later on. Yeah. No, he's definitely that's freaky. Just look at him straight in the monkey face. Dude, even Robin Williams fighting off that pelican was scary. <laughs> yeah. It's because you don't see Robin Williams winning in that situation. <laughs> he's not like the toughest guy around. Yeah. You don't. He's kind of a softy. I mean, he's he's been out in the jungle for how I mean, long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many years was it? Thirty years or something? It was the sixties, and then he he doesn't come back out till the nineties. Yeah, so about oh, he said twenty six years. Twenty six years. years. Okay. I wanted to ask you though, like, other than like unleashing chaos on the world, what is the objective of this game? Like, why would anyone play it unless they're just looking for like a thrill ride, like an adrenaline rush? Um. There's no strategy. You just roll the dice and then wait for something bad to happen. And <laughs> Pretty don't, much. And don't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Well, I guess if you get sucked into the game, that's kind of fun. Yeah. For the first two seconds. And then you realize you're gone. So uh, this movie, we know that recently has had some sequels. But the movie also had yeah. uh, a cartoon animated series back in the day did it really yeah it did and i i didn't watch it a lot but i specifically remember watching an episode of it at our grandparents house i guess i don't know what channel it was on but this was like late late 90s um and i had like seen the movie but that was basically it and i remember like seeing an episode of the tv show and it was like i was like okay this is kind of interesting it's it's like I thought it was like, 
it's like building on the lore of like the backstory. I was really, but I was kind of confused at it. And I, so I looked it up because, because what I remember is it takes place inside the game in the jungle. Wasn't there a Game Boy game to this? There could be, I don't know. So the, the TV show, it like resets, like how this movie, how the movie ends, it kind of resets that. And it goes back to Robin Williams character being stuck inside the game. And like each week, Peter and Judy would like roll the dice and they'd get sucked in and they'd like each week they'd like try and get them out, but they, they never did, I guess. I don't know if they eventually did. (laughs) There would be some like objective, some kind of learning lesson or something, you know, for the Saturday morning cartoon show. I remember watching it and thinking it was kind of interesting. It's like, Oh, we actually get to see inside the game. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And so when I was reading about that, I was like, Oh, I, I guess that's the approach that the new movies took. Like you get sucked into the game and you, when you win, you get back out, but you like get sucked into the jungle and that sort of thing. So I guess they like kind of took that concept from like the TV show and kind of put their own twist on it, called in Dwayne, the rock Johnson and (laughs) Kevin Hart and Jack black and (laughs) Karen Gillan and pulled them all in for a sequel. How many years later, like 20 years later, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, the, if we want to talk about the sequels, though, I remember this was a Redbox one for us. We we got the second one, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, yeah. So this is like, this is an era of our lives where you had your own apartment, and I was home from college or something, and I would like spend the night at your house every Wednesday night after church, and we would get Chinese food Yep. from China Star, and either that or Hibachi Express. Ooh. And yeah. we would watch a Redbox movie or any movie, um, pretty much. But usually usually a Redbox movie because we would go to Publix too. Or something new on streaming that we hadn't seen. Yeah. And that was a good era. That was a solid year of just like every week watching a movie and eating Chinese food. It's also our fattest years. I'd agree. <laughs> yeah. The, specifically, we would watch movies that we like never went to go see in the theater. But like looked interesting, and so we're like, oh well, you know the ones that's well, rent that's it what, for a dollar. That's, that's what that's what Redbox is for. It's like ah, oh, Redbox it later. So I remember, like we watched the Good Dinosaur was one of them. <laughs> that uh, Adam Driver Channing Tatum movie, Logan Lucky was one of them, which was pretty good. I was just thinking about it the other day. That was a good one. <laughs> Why did I say that in a country accent? Because <laughs> it's Logan Lucky. <laughs> no bacon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. So I I watched I told you about this the other day I watched the uh, the movie What If uh, with Daniel Radcliffe and Adam Driver I didn't realize Adam Driver was in that movie Oh yeah mm-hmm. it was before he was famous mm-hmm. um, and I was like this has got to be his funniest movie because he's never been he's never had like a funny character before and then I texted Jesse that um, and he said dude Logan Lucky and I was like oh you're right <laughs> I forgot about that. Logan Lucky is so good. But I remember the, the the Jumanji sequel, it came out and was like a surprise hit because no one was really expecting it to be any good. Yeah. And so does. we just like heard it was like decent. So we're like, okay, we'll red box it. So we got it. And I remember it was it was a pretty fun, it was a really fun movie. We watched it and we really enjoyed yeah. it. It was the it first was- Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie that I actually fully appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> so i'd say i'd say we're fans of the second one but then this last this past christmas we watched the the newest one that came out and it was just not very good in our opinion (laughs) it was just like a rehash of the old one of the second one and then had like too much danny devito in it yeah no it was it was it was pretty much buns yeah if you ask me it was buns but you know when we watched the second one I had remembered Jumanji, but I never in the last few years of that new one being out did I ever go back and be like, oh, I need to rewatch Jumanji. I just <laughs> never did. So I've actually been wanting to rewatch it probably for a little while over the past, I don't know, six months or, or so, because I rewatched the movie. The Well, actually, I didn't rewatch it. I watched the movie The Rocketeer for the first time mm-hmm. this past this past year, which is a Joe Johnston movie. And he's the one that directed this movie. 
Right. Okay. And I was just like, wow, this is a movie I never saw as a kid. And I just really liked, it was a really good movie. I recommend it. So I was looking up Joe Johnson movies and I'm like, Joe Johnson is like an underrated director. Like he gets slept on. (laughs) Okay. Like he's got a lot of good movies, including Jumanji, but his first, actually he started out with like Lucasfilm. Right. Cause he did, um, Raider of the Lord Stark, right? Yeah, he did visual effects on the original Star Wars trilogy and the first two Indiana Jones movies. Which is pioneering of visual effects. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got he got he started directing his own movies. He started out with Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Solid. The Rocketeer, The Page Master. Okay. Jumanji, October Sky. Haven't seen that. Jurassic Park three. Ooh, better than two. Which is the second best Jurassic Park movie, in my opinion. And then a movie that slaps, in our opinion, Hidalgo. Hidalgo! (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, that's his best movie. Oh, and let's not forget he directed Captain America, the first Avenger. Wait, he did? (laughs) He was selected for that based on his work on The Rocketeer. It's like similar era. Okay. So... Anyway, he's got some good movies, and I've been I've been going through his filmography over the past few months. Long long story short, if you have the opportunity to check out a Joe Johnson movie, do it. And if you had to choose one movie, make sure that one movie is Hidalgo. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. We'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. <laughs> I'm really hoping Hidalgo holds up for sure. I it's because that movie is so good. It's a good movie, and it's not one that you rewatch constantly. Like, I've only seen it maybe three times in my life. I saw it in the theater. I saw it when I got it on DVD, and then I saw it probably 10 years later. Like, it's a solid, like, you watch it once every decade. Yeah. And I think the time is approaching for me to rewatch it. I think so. I think so. (laughs) But back to the original 1995 Jumanji. So this this movie has like a couple it has like two different beginnings. It has like two prologues it, before the movie starts. Yeah, two different times. It starts out like the 1800s and there's like these like two guys that are like walking through the woods like trying to bury the game. In this case it has three openings. Three beginnings. How so? Cuz it sets the place sets the place in the 1800s where they bury the game. Yeah. And then it has them the construction workers digging it up. And then in the 60s, and then it has the whole scene where the shoe gets put in the rubber, tearing up thingy machine, and then he disappears. And then there's the new beginning after, I mean, I guess it's technically the beginning. Right. There's like the 1800s. Then there's like a whole, like the 1960s. That that goes on for a little while, setting up Alan Parrish and his yeah. setup. It just seems like all one big beginning because that's really the beginning of the actual plot mm-hmm. um and then the the two transitions the one transition with the door zooming out and then like turning into cobwebs that was a cool transition made it seem like the same scene and yeah, then yeah the transition of them digging up from the dirt mm-hmm. in the construction scene that was pretty seamless too um so it all just seemed like one big scene to me not one big scene but like one big intro yeah they kind of stopped with the with the seamless transitions at that point yeah sometimes i notice that in movies where like it starts off like trying to be more artsy and then about halfway (laughs) through it seems like they give up (laughs) that's about right (laughs) i don't know if that happened in this case but but it, it sets up a lot with the um at the beginning where he's like he's he's alan is getting bullied and then he's got this like relationship, bad relationship with his with his father. Mm-hmm. And then he he's got this whole thing going on where he's like, I guess he's friends with this girl, but she's got a boyfriend. So I guess that's why he's getting bullied. But she she comes over while while he's playing the game when he brings it home, and uh, he brings it home because his his only friend is a girl, and that girl has a boyfriend. Yeah, and his boyfriend's jealous. So he's got one friend, and he gets beat up because he's friends with her. He's not even friends with his dad, so he's super lonely. So his, his life isn't that great. Yeah, his, his his parents are like going off to some like big event, some dinner or something at the country club, some banquet, and he's just like in their nice huge 
house, this huge table, just <laughs> dining alone with like candlelit dinner. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, with the house, it's like left in almost the same condition as it was in the 60s. Pretty much. Do they have any explanation for that? Like all their stuff is still there. Like no one else has moved in over all that time just because. Yeah, nobody, because he died in the house, they think it's haunted. Oh, right. Because cause there's that rumor that like, oh, people think like the town think that like his dad killed him or something. He And like he his bones are still like, he said there's like a thousand places he could have hidden the body. That's right. Yeah. I don't give a crap, dude. I'm That house is going to be so cheap because of that. I don't care who died in it. I'm buying that house. It's a little too big for me. I don't. I wouldn't want a house that big. But I'm saying, like, somebody dies in a house. That's not stopping me. <laughs> Maybe if somebody gets murdered, that would th- throw it off. Now that I think about it, hmm. nah, nah, it's cheap, cheap is cheap, man. Cheap is cheap. <laughs> I'll take the dead guy discount any day. Yeah, the house wasn't like fully furnished anymore. But they still had some of their stuff there. So it was just like, I don't know, I guess it was kind of weird. 26 something years. Like they had the, they had his like bedroom locked, right? His like old bedroom. And he like busted the door down and like went in. Yeah. And like looked around his old bedroom or something. But they couldn't get into it because they didn't have a key. Huh. Because it it says like the, the dad, he like spent all his money, his fortune, like searching for him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really say what happened to his mom. It it just shows that they both died eventually. But like, did they leave the house and just go searching and never come back? And I guess so. But even if you die, people still like figure out what happens to your estate. I mean, like, like they had a they had that bum like living in the old factory. I'm surprised there was no one Dude, squatting in the hap- house. What happened to that town? It went, it was going to the dogs. <laughs> as british people would say i guess that that factory was a good source of jobs and when that went shut down Dude, i guess the whole town every, did every single brick in that town had graffiti on it they yeah. overdid it with graffiti <laughs> okay mr set designer um let's find a random person to hate on this movie that could be a new thing <laughs> well a random person i actually looked up that the guy that played the homeless man in the factory Because his voice sounded super familiar. Hey, you called it last week with the Sultan. He he just sounded like the old guy from Home Alone is what he sounded like. But so I I couldn't figure out who it was. So I looked him up on on IMDb. If you look at his credits, I think he's died by now. But like the last like 20 years of his career is straight up like homeless man roles. Like every single one is just like homeless man, beggar. Okay. <laughs> like it's just it's just over and over again. It's just a bunch. Al of Al the janitor, drifter, <laughs> drifter. That was the one. Old Amish man. I just felt bad. He got old man Polidori. He got typecast. Angry man typecast as the homeless man, and Joe Johnson was like, "Yes, I know the perfect role for you." <laughs> I I think he's okay with it. Honestly, yeah. He, his first job he had was in the 60s on a show called The Littlest Hobo. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, he wasn't the hobo. He was cast as the strangler Ew. for two oh, episodes. <laughs> whatever that was. Interesting, interesting, interesting. He seemed like he was... He, was, he had like a nice setup there, though, in the office there. Like... He, like he was offering Robin Williams like something to drink and yeah, or like a coat yeah, and yeah. stuff. He's like, it's getting cold out there because he looked pretty homeless too. <laughs> he was like, he had a nice, he had a nice, he had a nice setup there. He was squatting. I don't he have a good. home, but I got a factory. <laughs> Art decoration, production design, set decoration. All right, New England unit. All right, Ted Kuchera, what up with the over graffititized bricks, my guy? You overdid it. It's time to stop, dude. Ted Kuchera. You don't we don't like you here, Ted. I don't care on your work on Blade Trinity or The Fear of the Walking Dead. (laughs) And man, his life's already pretty bad, though. We're not gonna hang up on him. (laughs) All right. 
Oh, that was one thing I, I appreciated about the movie. It was like set in like New England. Yeah. Yeah, not many movies are set there. I get so tired of like every movie being set in like California or New, New York. York. It's just like get some different settings. Like I thought that was pretty nice. There's not enough movies that are set in Tampa. That's all we're saying. We need some more representation. There is one movie that we'll cover that was filmed in Tampa. Cop and a Half. Cop and a Half. Starring Burt Reynolds. Solid movie. (laughs) Solid movie. This movie has some good fall vibes to it. Yeah. I I liked it. Summer's just about over, so it's good to transition. It's a good fall movie to transition into. Uh, One actor that I recognized in this movie, Jeremy, was his dad. Do you remember him from any other childhood staples? So, is is this Nacho Butt? No, it's not Nacho Butt. It's not Nacho Butt, so I get him. I get him mixed up with Nacho Butt all the time, and I guess I should explain who Nacho Butt is <laughs> from Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, so I think he looks exactly like the guy who played Nacho Butt in Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> I get him and that actor mixed up all the time. Mm-hmm. I guess I was wrong, but he he was in uh, also in. Richie Rich, right? Yeah, he's Cadbury. Okay. Cadbury. Classic. The Macaulay That's Culkin pretty... movie, Richie Rich. One of his best movies. And the not Macaulay Culkin movie, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. Equally is okay. That one doesn't have this guy in it. It doesn't have Cadbury in it. No, but it's got the, the scientist guy, so that's cool. Yeah. We should cover that soon. That'd be a good one. It is a good one. We'll wait for another stimulus check to come in. Yeah, I for, I didn't even know. I, I didn't remember him being in this movie. So I, I definitely associate him with Richie Rich more than Jumanji. And obviously we're covering it because it's got Robin Williams. But it's also got Kirsten Dunst. Right. So I know her from Spider-Man. I mean, that was my introduction. Right. So right. even when I watched Spider-Man, I wasn't like, oh, was that the girl from Jumanji? Like, I never recognized her. It wasn't until like years later that I found out she was in Jumanji. So I, I watched Spider-Man before I saw Jumanji. I don't okay. know if you knew that. But I was thinking about this today. Like, I, I think I I saw Spider-Man way too early as a kid. I feel like I saw that movie when I was like four or five. <laughs> Which is not, it's not really made for five-year-olds. It came out like 01 or 02, right? 2002. Yeah. So, so I was five then. <laughs> if you watch, I mean, we had it. Our older brother had it on DVD. So maybe you watched it while we were watching it. Yeah, so I, I recognize her from Spider-Man, and then I guess we watched Jumanji at some point. But this is only like six or seven years apart, and it doesn't seem like she would have become an adult in six or seven years. <laughs> she looks like she's ten years old here. Super young, yeah. Which makes sense. I guess but she's, she's good. She's, she's a good like actor, actress, like even at that age, I thought. Oh, really? I was going to say the exact opposite. I thought she was. <laughs> I thought she was bad. <laughs> I thought she did. I've seen some pretty bad kid actors in movies, and I thought this was actually pretty good. That's pretty true. At Nikki from Night <laughs> at the Museum. You yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we've got Bonnie Hunt as Sarah Whittle. Is yeah. that her name? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that she was in this movie. I I guess I I just saw Jumanji like early on and didn't really recognize many people. So years later, watching Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah. I never was like, oh, she was in Jumanji. I didn't didn't even remember. So when did you watch this movie? That I'm a little hazy on. <laughs> I think I watched it in the 90s. Like I didn't see it in okay. theaters. I think we may have rented it. I don't think we actually owned this movie. Until I think maybe we got a copy of it later on, but I know early on we didn't we didn't have this one. Right. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we rented it or something. I watched it with a friend. Um, I remember seeing it in the '90s because I I remember having seen the movie, and like being aware of the TV show. Right. Around the same time. But, I mean, for you, you had to have seen it like years years after it came out. Yeah, yeah, I probably, I I don't know if I've, I saw pre-Cars, 
but I feel like I saw it post Cheaper by the Dozen. Okay. Because I feel like I, I recognized her from Cheaper by the Dozen before I recognized her from Jumanji. That's So maybe like 2004, that might have been the time I watched it. First grade, second grade. I probably watched it in um, the 90s, and then I watched it again when you watched it around that same yeah. time. That That sounds familiar. Oh, I wanted to mention, so you know like the classic Jumanji poster? For the movie, movie poster. Oh, yeah. The way, like, Robin Williams is, like, situated at the top, it just feels very, like, the genie. Yeah, why like, does he gotta be... Like, all the Aladdin posters. <laughs> it just seems like all the pictures of, like, genie being at the top. Like, I specifically yeah. remember the picture on the case for King of Thieves. The way ju- the genie is situated at the top of the old VHS tape. It just seems like the same pose where he's, like, holding on to the logo of the movie. But it's Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. It just seems very similar. Same similar structure and layout. I don't know. I I was looking up some some people that the, the filmmakers were thinking about casting for the movie instead of like Robin Williams and that sort of thing. Yeah. Have you seen that list? Did you see no, that? No, I have not. I have not. List them off. Alright. Tom Hanks was the first choice to play Alan Parrish. Okay, okay. Alright. Tom Hanks. Certain movies with Tom Hanks and Robin Williams can be intertwined. Let's just say, like, he could... I feel like Robin Williams could have easily done Forrest Gump. Hmm, that'd be interesting. He would have really done well. He would have really done well with Castaway. Honestly, he really would have done well in Castaway. Maybe better. I could see that. Castaway's a good one, though. Oh, yeah. Um, Other stars considered were Dan Aykroyd. Nope. Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis was unavailable though because he was working on Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay, see, Bruce Willis would would have been okay. It wouldn't have been like the best choice, but I remember he he was good in the kid. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> I liked that movie. Yeah, I remember liking it as a kid. I remember liking it a lot more uh, than you liked it. And my boy Curtis in it. That's why I liked it. That's true. <laughs> Um, there's a whole, there's a really long list of people here, but there's a, a, there's a few that caught my eye that I thought was weird picks. Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, what? Uh, Sean Penn, Rupert Everett, hmm. which I only know him as the guy who plays the claw in Inspector Gadget. What? And Lord, Lord Rutledge from Dunstan Checks In. It's the same guy as in Inspector Gadget, right? It's the same same guy. Okay, that's what I thought. You made me think. You made me think. Um, also, they had... Uh, apparently, Scarlett Johansson auditioned for Judy Shepard. That would have been cool. That would have been neat. You know, if this movie was made like 10 years later, I feel like Josh Hutcherson would have rocked Peter's role. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just biased because Josh Hutcherson is one of the best child actors of all time. Yeah, we could have gotten, you know, um, Josh Hutcherson as Peter, Jojo as Judy. Jojo? And Cheryl Hines as Sarah Sarah Whittle. <laughs> Just had a nice RV reunion. <laughs> that would not be good. That would not be good. We still got Robin Williams here in the mix, but... Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm only here for Robin Williams, Josh Hutcherson. Throw in Jeff Daniels as the, the policeman. <laughs> And we're yes. He would be filled with much chagrin. <laughs> Monkeys! <laughs> that was a good scene. That was a really funny scene. Yeah. It was like perfect. Talk about perfect timing. This movie has Man. some good some good comedic moments without like having like jokes necessarily. Although yeah. there are there are a couple funny lines. One of them that stood out to me was the uh the guy comes out of the game, the the hunter character. Yes. What was his name? Van Pelt. I knew it was the dad. Did you know it was the dad? Yeah, yeah. It's the same actor. Uh, yeah, that was an I interesting. I always knew one. that, but I talked to people, and they were like, you know, one thing I didn't realize was that it's actually the dad. Same actor that plays the dad is playing the hunter that's trying to kill him. I was like, yeah, dude, you didn't pick up on that symbolism years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a scene where he, after he runs out of bullets, like, He's trying to shoot at Alan when he goes yeah. to like gun shop and they like hook him up with that like crazy machine gun looking thing. 
<laughs> that was cool. He's like, he hands it to him and he's just like, you're not a postal worker, are you? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I laughed at that. There's also a line when they're like, they're talking about like trying to chase down all the animals or something like that. And um, Robin Williams is like, what do I look like? A wrinkling brother? <laughs> I love the bounciness of his, of his, I guess, cadence or his delivery of lines. He's like, what do I look like? <laughs> That's how Robin Williams goes, man. That's how Robin Williams goes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that made sense to anybody. Also the phrase, that's how he goes. <laughs> that's All how right. he goes. That's how he goes, bro. Yeah. The stuff with the cop was all pretty funny. Oh, he's yeah. just like, he's just having the worst day of his life. His car's getting torn up. It's just like, <laughs> has no idea. Monkeys. It's like, what is going on everywhere he goes? It's just like the 10 plagues or something around him, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stampede. They go to knock on the door and a bunch of water pours out and a crocodile. <laughs> like that was a, that was a kind of a crazy scene too in the house that was, with all yeah. the water and the, the crocodiles trying to get them. That's one of the probably the top five scariest crocodile scenes I've seen. Yeah, in movies specifically, kids movies. There's a lot of crocodile scenes in movies that you don't think about. There's Temple of Doom. There's okay, yeah, above the bridge, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and also New, Emperor's New Groove. Also, I guess technically Peter Pan, but nobody gives a crap about Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, there's there's a bunch. Whatever. I wish we would have. Did you? I, maybe I didn't pay attention this time through. But I, what happened in this timeline before they went and changed everything after the game, uh, which we'll talk about later? Um, mm-hmm. But what happened to the cop's dad, who was? Uh, the soul man, as as he put it. No, that he is the soul man. That is not him. That's his son. There's no, no way. He's way too young. No, he they looks aged the same him age. Up. They aged him up. It's him. He got fired and he became a he lost his job and became a police officer. Eventually. Are you serious? Yeah, it's the same guy. I this to this day, I thought it was his kid. No, it's the same guy. Because he looks the same exact age. No, I think they aged him up some. And he looks different. Like he head shape looks different, haircut looks different, mustache. Yeah, it just says. Uh, Is it even the same actor? Yeah, it's. Uh, it just says because his name. He's got the same name, Carl Bentley. It says so. David Allen Greer as Carl Bentley, a shoemaker who grows up to become a police officer. Interesting, dude. That that one went right over my head. Tell you what. Oh, so did you notice that uh, his dad also played Van Pelt, the hunter? No. (laughs) Can we talk for a minute about how young Alan looks nothing like I would picture young Robin Williams? Yeah, they could have done a better job. I mean, (laughs) nothing against like the kid or anything, because I think he does his scenes pretty well. Yeah, yeah, character and stuff. It's just he doesn't really look. He's pretty good at playing a dork. Yeah, yeah. But what was the what was the question though that you had a minute ago? Was it just about that character? Yeah, no. So I was like wondering what happened to his dad in that timeline, but you kind of answered it. To oh, me. Okay, like, okay. The he timeline. is his dad. So I get that's stupid. I I really wish that was his kid now. Yeah. Because if he had a kid at that point, he would grow up and be a police officer. After twenty six years, he's old enough to be a police officer. It's way more likely than being forty five, ish forty fifty. As a police officer, yeah, the time, like the whole like timeline thing on this movie, I forgot about. Like, I didn't realize at the end, I completely that, forgot about it. Like, they reset things. <laughs> I didn't really remember that. I just thought, like, like I thought, yeah, they just ended the game and then went on with their lives. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize it. Like, yeah, when they ended the game, they went back to where they started the game. So that was kind of a cool kind of a twist. I don't know for me rewatching it because I had forgotten about that. Dude. So like, that's weird. So the guy who played young Alan, he pretty much stopped being an actor after a while. Um, But he's like a writer for video games and he was the main writer for Harry Potter, the Hogwarts mystery, the mobile app game that I played that game. For two, three years, avidly, 
he writes games. How funny. Like, <laughs> Or that's probably what got him all these jobs. I bet he gets roasted all the time. Like, don't create another Jumanji. <laughs> the Jumanji mobile app. <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty good game for when it came out, but I'm, I just got tired and tired of it. There's so much of it. It's a tapping game. That's what it was. Apparently the, uh, so the kid that played Peter, his name's Bradley Pierce. For his scenes where he was like dressed up like the monkey, he he underwent three and a half hours of like prosthetic makeup every day Man. for two and a half months. How's two and a half months. Patience, dude. For his scenes. That is... I wouldn't have thought it took that long to do those scenes where he's the monkey, but. That is 180 hours at least. Yeah. No, no, no. 2.5 times 60 is 150 hours. And like with and with child actors, like there's like labor laws where they can only act for a certain amount of time. Right. He's not acting, he's sitting. Yeah, I know, but like <laughs> they don't get the same mileage out of it as they would with like someone else. Right, right. They right, only have right. so many hours they can film. So maybe that's why it took so long. It's an interesting review from Roger Ebert. Okay. Roger Ebert rated the film one and a half out of four stars. What a loser. Criticizing its reliance on special effects to convey its story, which he felt was lacking. He questioned the decision to rate the film PG rather than PG-13, as he felt that young children would be traumatized by much of the film's imagery. Well, that's pretty accurate, honestly, but I'd still give it a... What would you, what would you give this a rating out of five stars? So ranking it out of out of four stars, like Roger Ebert? It's definitely higher than a 1.5 out of definitely. four stars. I would give it a three out of four. Maybe a two and a half. Mm. Okay. I'd have to agree with you. It's in that range. Yeah. It's not a five out of five. There's no way it's a five. It's not even an A. It's not even an A. It doesn't get he doesn't even do five stars. He does out of four. I don't know what his criteria is. Roger Ebert's so weird. He's super negative. I not not necessarily. He sometimes he's sometimes he has a surprising review that yeah. he understands what they're going for and is kind of easy on it. One one and a half stars though is pretty low, I think. It's pretty low. Well, I guess okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Out of four stars, then that's a little different. Still thirty seven percent. So when it comes to like Robin Williams specifically, is there like a certain scene that comes to mind that you remember, like that you liked of his or? certain line that he had or performance. I specifically remember him shaving. Yeah. That was way too clean of a shave for yeah. what he was given. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's the first time I've actually seen somebody shave a huge beard off like that. <laughs> and I was like, that's going to be me one day. I like when he goes into the bathroom and he like looks at the toilet paper. And he's like, Oh, no more banana peels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole bathroom part was really good. I just, it, I just, it's very ingrained in my mind, the scene. And it's like a meme now, but just like when he's like dressed up in his like jungle outfit, he like runs out yeah. to the cop. He's like, what year is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, obviously this is another one of those quotes where I, we, we, we think of the quote and it's different in our heads than it actually is. Yeah. Cause in my mind, I was just like, Thinking full on, going full force, Robin Williams, like, what year is it? Like, something like that. But he's like, no, what year is it? Like, super more, like, very more calmly. Like, Dumbledore in Goblet of Fire. And not in the book. And not in the movie. Book, Goblet of Fire. I also like that, like, he comes back and he tells the kids, just so you know, if my, if, uh, my parents are gone, this house is mine now. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, get them out. <laughs> he's got a point you know he has some good moments where like he yes he's grown up but he hasn't matured all that much so he's still kind of that like 12 year old kid or however old yeah that, mom you know. dad <laughs> he's like looking for him and everything when he comes back so he talked about you know there's some symbolism with like the father like playing both characters and that sort of thing there's kind of like a theme of like psychology in the movie almost because mm -hmm. like well there's a scene with peter he uses reverse psychology on on alan 
It's like, oh, something dad did to me all the time. <laughs> it's like, you're just scared. It's okay. It's all right. You don't have, you don't have to play the game. It's okay. I understand. Yeah. Like, but like, I don't know. It, it, it's doing something with like how the kids are dealing with the trauma of their parents' death. Where like Peter is like choosing not to talk around people. He hasn't yes. talked since they died. Um, Judy is like telling all these lies about, you know, she's not telling the truth. She's like making up stories about how they died. And when people ask yeah. her questions, she's like trying, I guess it's like an avoidance thing where she's like, she doesn't really want to talk about it. So she's just like making up something spectacular and that sort of thing. I don't know. It, I don't know if it goes much deeper than that, but I just thought it, it was kind of doing some interesting, interesting things there. Uh, Bonnie Hunt's character Sarah, she's like avoidance. She was traumatized by the whole experience. You know, people didn't believe her. They everyone thought she was crazy, and she went to counseling. Yeah. You know, so I I just thought there was kind of some themes of it. Her character was honestly very irresponsible, and you don't see her like every role she plays. She's always responsible. Like she's the responsible mom and cheaper brother dozen. She's the responsible mom and cheaper brother dozen two. She is the responsible car in as sally in cars and she's the responsible audition lady for the scare for in monsters inc how was she irresponsible i'm curious what in what ways well she just seems like not a fully functioning adult like you could tell she struggles <laughs> well yeah mm-hmm. like at first she's all like t- she has a psychic that she talks to and she's like all into astrological signs and stuff like that yeah i I was confused by that when they go to see her at the house. It was her old house. Is she the psychic? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> or was she seeing a psychic? Like, I, was, I wasn't I was sure. It was kind of unclear. Because when they go to the door, they're like, oh, does Sarah Whittle live here? And she's like, I don't go by that name anymore. So does she go by that, like, psychic name? Because, like you said, uh, she's talking, like, astrological signs and things like that. I, I yeah. just thought maybe... She became like a psychic, but it, it's not clear. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it seems it seems weird that a psychic would be going to like a psychiatrist. I don't know why that for some reason that's like conflicting in my mind. <laughs> I don't know. The moment like they come back, they come into her life. She's like on the phone. Like, remember that event that I was telling you about? Well, it, they're here and I think you need up my <laughs> medication and all this yeah. stuff, you know? I, don't know. I think I think she went to a psychic, but then the psychic that she goes to lives in the house she used to live in. Uh, that's the thing, because they're like, "Oh, she used to live here." That's why they go to that house. Either we haven't looked into this enough, or there's a major plot hole in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Curious if Wikipedia says anything. It probably doesn't. It just says Sarah Whittle, a girl who becomes scared by Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, much like all of us. That's another thing I vividly remember about the movie. Even though I didn't remember it being Bonnie Hunt, I remember her like being so hesitant and like freaking out and not wanting to roll the dice. I remember that scene. Yeah, like, what they pull out the game and she like jumps over the couch. She's like, "No, no, no, no! What are you doing with that?" Like, <laughs> she's like, "The last time I did that, you disappeared. Remember?" And then he's like, "Oh, I remember." And. Well, just, like, the last thing he said as he was fading away in the 60s, which could have a completely different meaning, (laughs) if you think about it, fading away in the 60s. Uh, Bertram got really into the 60s. Never (laughs) ever saw him again. Uh, His last words that he said before he got sucked into the game was, keep rolling, keep playing, or something like that. So, if you dwell on that, why wouldn't you... I know there's bats and stuff, but like, you know, you're going to go crazy if you don't. And I feel like that would haunt me for the rest of my days if well, he told a, me that and then I didn't do it. There, There is an element of it seems like she tried to tell people and no one believed her. And so that's why she did go crazy, you know? Yeah. So it's and like guess, it's not it's not like she just got I mean, she did say she was a girl and she got she got scared by the bats and chased out of the house. But she did mention, like, she did try and, like, no one ever believed her. And so she just got kind of labeled as... She could have just still, like, knocked on the door and asked for the game. Yeah, I left my game like, here. Can I get it. that? Yeah, easy. They're like, no, we're going to lock up the house and 
never come back for 26 years. And then secretly die. Man, it's a good thing this timeline was fixed because this timeline sucked. It was depressing. <laughs> Made no sense either. <laughs> so let's talk about the ending of the movie. So like the timeline adjusted after they finished the game and everything in the world gets sucked back up into the game, waiting for yeah, the they- next person randomly in France or something, washing up on a beach in France. Um, that was the last scene. Well, so it's the very ending, yeah. Um, but the very, very ending, yeah. I'm talking, but mainly I'm talking about the ending where they're, it's back 26 years in the future again, but he and Sarah are married and his parents are still alive and they have a good relationship with the parents. Now they're having like a dinner party at the house and then the kids' parents are still alive. They're talking about a ski trip they're going to go on and they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but the yeah. kids don't know them, obviously, but they do. Right, so they're acting all weird because they like know who they are, but they've never yeah. met before. So it's like that. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, basically, they have to like relive those like twenty six years. Yeah, I went through puberty twice for this. Yeah, so whenever Robin Williams does the final role, he calls out Jumanji, and they're taken back to that same moment of, in the sixties. And so, yeah, they, he, he even has that moment where like his dad comes back in the house cause he forgot something and yeah. he's like, I missed you. It's like, I've just been gone a few minutes. It's like it felt like longer. You don't have to go to the boarding school any longer if you don't yeah. want to. He wasn't even like British, but he seems <laughs> British. Cause he's Cadbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically they've like lived all this time and I guess they retain their memories. So, you know. I guess I guess Sarah Whittle dumped her boyfriend and started dating uh, Alan Parrish from that moment <laughs> on. But the very end. So what do they? Where? Okay. What do they? They throw it over the bridge. They throw the game yeah. into the river, right, or something like that. So rivers turn into lakes. Lakes turn into other rivers. Rivers turn into oceans, gulfs, wherever. Then it washes up on some foreign land because you know that because they're speaking a different language, and I think it's France. Which okay. is such a weird place for that game to end up. If the if it ends up in the Atlantic Ocean, yeah, okay, you could. The beaches of France that touches the Atlantic Ocean. You know, the game's got a mind of its own. I think it. I think it travels where it where it wants to go. I guess. I think, I think it was just ready for a vacation in France. Did, that, did it pick up? I don't. It didn't pick up at that same spot, did it? In the second one. Yeah. So I was looking into that because I didn't really remember. How that one picked up? Maybe it did. It it know. does. It it is related to it. I just don't remember it. I, I let me let me read what it says on the. Was it maybe his like dad picked it up or something? His dad, yeah. So it starts out in like 1996 because you remember like the Nick Jonas character gets sucked in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like that character. Um, I'll just read what it says on Wikipedia. 1996, Brantford. Teenager Alex Varik receives Jumanji, which was previously disposed of by Alan Parrish and Sarah Whittle from his father, who discovered it buried at a beach while on a jog. Okay. So I guess it's like his father brought it home. Unimpressed, Alex sets it aside, only to find it transformed into a video game cartridge later that night. <laughs> so like he didn't get sucked in by the video by the board game because he thought it was boring. So it's <laughs> like, well, let me let me switch it up here. I'll, I'll get him. So it turns into a video game and then he plays it and I, he gets sucked in then. So in this case, is Jumanji technically considered a villain? I would say Jumanji is the villain okay. of the movie. Like I said, like I don't know what the purpose of this game is other than to just create chaos I in the world. I think it's just a, technically a horror movie. And like if you want like an adrenaline rush, see like if I can survive, roll the dice. It's like Russian roulette. I can get if I can survive the killer mosquitoes. Yeah. Hmm. I don't really know what threat the monkeys were. They just made a mess and ran around everywhere. And monkeys can mess you up, man. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I think we've reached the end of Jumanji. We survived. We survived all the animals, all the hunters, the drums, especially the drums, man. Those were making me anxious. Oh yeah. Uh I guess we didn't really talk about the music at all. Okay, I can touch on that a little bit. Okay. Uh, James Horner did the soundtrack. 
Joe Johnson has him do the soundtrack for pretty much all of his movies. So okay, he's pretty good, pretty good composer. Um, I was gonna say nothing really stuck out to me towards this particular score. Yeah, the I feel like the most memorable thing is just the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, James <laughs> um, Warner has done better movies before. Yeah, there's some good. There's not as much that's really memorable, but I haven't really listened to the soundtrack on its own. Yeah. But check out the Rocketeer score. It's got okay. good music, man. Good. All right. Good music. I just need to check out the Rocketeer. I haven't seen that movie. That, that's that's all I'm trying to say. At the end of this episode, man, just just go watch that movie. It's. I just feel like that's such an underrated movie. I, I guess one last thing I wanted to bring up before we close up was, um, isn't because neither of us have seen Zathura, right? What's the connection? It's not like a sequel or a spinoff. It's just very similar. Or is it in the same universe? It's set in the same universe, but there's okay. no connections to the movie, really. Maybe that's why I feel like Josh Hutcherson would have been great in Peter's role. Because he Maybe. is in Peter's yeah. role. That that makes sense. But Dax Shepard is Robin Williams? We'll have to watch that one. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because Jumanji and Zathura are both like children's books. That got expanded yeah. into movies, and so we didn't really mention that. But okay. um, it's by the same author, but it's not really a sequel. It's just set in the same universe. So okay, okay. We haven't seen Zathura. Hey, listeners, if you have seen Zathura, if it's one of your staples, let us know. We need a guest if we ever do that one. Yeah, we'll probably need a guest <laughs> for that one. <laughs> There's some movies we haven't seen, so it's just like we got to pull in a friend that like really likes it, and that'll be good. It'll, it'll help the conversation. It's got to be able to defend itself on the stable bracket. Yeah, yeah. And by the mean, by, I never said it at the, at the beginning, but this movie is a staple. Staple? Of our childhood. Like, it, it's, yeah. I would say it's one of, like, a stapliest part of a stapler of my childhood. That's part of a staple, yeah. And part of a stapler is the stapler. Not every stapler is a part of a staple, but every staple is a part of a stapler. Hmm. Words so, to live by. Either way. Um, yeah, we could wrap this up now. <laughs> well, Jeremy, next week it's going to be your turn. Got any hints for what we are going to be covering on our next episode? Yes, I do. This is going to be probably one of the funniest movies we grew up watching. <laughs> um, it, I'd say so. so many good memories with this. Uh, it's a very obscure movie. I don't know who's who've all seen this, but we'll ask next week who's all seen this movie. But here's a clip. See if you recognize it. Hey there, music man. I'm gonna catch you in the yard. We're gonna settle this man to man. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and if you want to find him on Instagram, you can at Groovy Bridge. And if you want to find us on Instagram, you can also find us at Inside Quotes Cast. Give us a follow, send us a DM if you have any suggestions for any future episodes you want us to cover. Also, new addition, we have a merch store. So if you want to help out the show in any way, we're selling stickers, we're selling t-shirts, we're selling sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeves, anything you can imagine. We've got three or four cool designs going. Um, if you really want to help out the show, that'd be really cool if you bought some merch and I would love to send me a picture of it when you do, because we'll put you on our social media because we love you guys and we want our community to grow. So you're the best. And another way you could help out is by leaving us a review on Apple podcasts, leave us a five star or an eight star review and you'll release Robin Williams from Jumanji. What I wouldn't give to have Robin Williams released from Jumanji <laughs> right now, man. Oh, I miss him every day. Me too. Me too. Uh, well, this wraps up our Robin Williams Appreciation Month. That's right. So, it's been fun revisiting these movies. And there could be some more Robin Williams movies down the line. Oh, there will be. But we're going to move on to September with some new, new picks for you. Yeah. Until then, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us revisit our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe slash follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on this future episode. Until then, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes, and so long and thanks for all the fish.
Jonathan, do you have any last words? Jumanji. <laughs>